Hello, I'm Ray with another podcast episode. It's Saturday, 9.30. What have we got here? 14 degrees centigrade, 57 Fahrenheit. 90, no, 81. No, 91% can't read my writing. Humidity, 987 millibars on the barometer. And we've still got the wind from the east. Uh, no, from the west. Now, hang on, it's, changed, it's swirling round. We've got eddies, eddy currents. You heard about eddy currents, haven't you? If not, look them up. <laughs> used to have eddy currents when I used to go coarse fishing many, many decades ago. In the uh, edge of the river or wherever you were, you'd sometimes get a little, a tiny little inlet and you get eddy currents where it would swirl around. And sometimes fish would gather there, which is all totally boring. Now, it has been suggested by someone who shall remain nameless that some of the emails I read out are fake. Can you believe that? Can you honestly, would I make up emails? Let me read one to you here. Now, this is from Norman from Anglesey in North Wales. This is typical of the emails that I get, and it is not fake. Hi, Ray. Love your podcasts. In fact, I live for them. You are such a brilliant person. I wish I was you. You are so good looking and so handsome and wonderful in every way possible. Blah, blah, blah. I won't go on. Thank you, Norman. That's just typical of many emails that I get. Now, would I make something like that up? Goodness me, certainly not. I should, <laughs> I should be reading some more genuine emails later in the episode. Now, it's getting dark. Actually, that wind really is getting up. It's black over the downs. Have you heard about Scotland, especially those of you abroad? Have you heard about Scotland? They've had floods and dreadful things. It's um, Storm Burdett. Is it Burdett? Bardet? I forget what it is now. Some storms come in from the Atlantic and there are floods and torrential rain and winds. We are on the kind of edge of it down here, I think, on the south coast, so it's not too bad. But we have had a lot of rain and wind. Now, let's move on. Rob in Australia. Where's my book? Here we are, my notes. Suggested public transport. So I should be banging on about that. Public transport. What's it like in the country where you are, in your country? What's it like? Is it abysmal as it is here? <laughs> You wait for a bus, none come along for three days, and then six come along at once. <laughs> Something like that. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's move on. We lit the coal fire for the first time yesterday. Rather nice. Nice and warm in the dining room anyway. Trouble is, the thermostat for the central heating is in the hall. So the heat comes out of the dining room, heats up the hall, the thermostat switches the heating off, so the rest of the house is cold. But not to worry, who cares? Really nice to have the coal fire going. Of course, in the old days, back in the 50s and 60s, there was no gas central heating. Storage heaters came in. When was that? Electric storage heaters. Weren't they useless? They'd heat up for hours on end and you couldn't turn them off. You know, once it's heated up, that's it. The heat's coming out. The electricity would switch off to the storage heaters, but the bricks inside them would stay hot for hours. So you, if you had a, a warm spell or you're going out, you wanted to say, well, you can't, you know, you can't adjust the damn things. They were awful. Storage heaters were awful. On Economy 7, do you remember that? So they'd come on at night and warm the bricks up at night. So then during the day, it was the house was warm. I don't know. My mother still has storage heaters. She's 90 years old. So she keeps telling me <laughs> every time I see her, I'm 90, you know. I know, Mum, you told me the other day, and the other day, and at the weekend, and last week. Bless her cotton socks. But storage heaters are awful. So back in the 50s, there was no other, well, apart from electric fires, there was no other form of heating. Coal fire, electric fire, gas fires. Now, they have been around forever, haven't they, since the kind of 20s, 30s, whenever we started to have town gas. Because town gas as they used to call it. They made it actually in the town, I think. Coal gas, wasn't it? So they get gas out of coal by burning it or something. And we had in our house here, our house is 100 and... What is it? I keep forgetting. 1922. 101 years old. We still have the iron pipes above the ceiling in one of the rooms, which was the gas lighting. That was for gas lighting. I've left the pipes there under the, under the floor. Yeah, it's under the floor in the upstairs room, so that would have been to light up, yeah, 
downstairs. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I've left them there because it's rather nice. When I was doing some wiring work on the house, I saw all the gas pipes and I was about to rip them out. And I thought, no, 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 that's that's they've been there for probably for 100 years, 101 years when the house was built. I'll have to look into that. I shall add that to my list of things to look into. When did we have gas supplied to all the houses in uh, in my town? That's interesting. Electricity? I don't know when that came in either. I don't know. I must look up all these things. I remember looking in the cupboard under the stairs where the electricity meters are. And this is when we first moved in. The board on the wall that the meters are fixed to. There was a label. Worthing Town Council. Was it electricity department or something? Because electricity was produced in a lot of towns rather than the national grid it was produced locally local generating stations and originally it was dc not ac as it is today but i won't go into that because you're not interested are you now i was talking to an elderly lady the other day about this podcast episode hello alice if you're listening i know you are and she said when i was a girl (laughs) no she didn't she said when she was young in the 50s, 40s, 50s, she said that buses were always on time. Why aren't they on time now? And I think as soon as she said that, she realised what the answer was. Back in the 40s and 50s, there were hardly any cars on the road, more horse and carts, I think, than cars. (laughs) No, that's not quite true, not in the 50s anyway. But there just wasn't the traffic on the roads. There weren't the roadworks everywhere. Temporary traffic lights, roadworks, holes dug everywhere, potholes all over the place, gridlock, too many cars. Nowadays, mother-in-law, she gets the 700 bus, which I believe goes from Portsmouth to Brighton and back. One every, I think it's now 15 minutes, used to be 10 minutes, one every 15 minutes. And she said very often she's waiting for the 700 And three come along at once. That's the old uh, joke, isn't it? It's like buses, they all come along at once. But they really do. What happens, obviously, is the first 700 buses held up with traffic. The second one will catch it up. The third one will catch the second bus up. And you get all three of them turn up at the bus stop at the same time. It's not the bus company's fault. It's the traffic. It's just gridlock, roadworks, potholes. I've just seen a thing on the telly. The RAC, what's that? The Royal Automobile Association, something like that. They have said, this is a bit odd actually, they have said that one in three drivers have to swerve for a pothole. Have had to swerve for a pothole. I would have thought more than one in three drivers. I've seen many people, including myself, swerving to miss potholes in the road. So that's only, what, 33%, isn't it? That have had to swerve to miss a pothole. I would have thought more than that, but there we are. That's the RAC. That's what they reckon. It's not the Royal Automobile Association, is it? The AA is the Automobile Association. The RAC is the Royal Automobile Club, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Going back to buses again, people, the government, local councils, they're all saying use public transport. Well, how can you if it doesn't turn up or if they all turn up at once? It's very difficult to rely on public transport. Say someone's going to work, they're standing at the bus stop, they know the time of the bus or the time the bus should be there to get them to work on time, then the bus doesn't turn up. Then 15 minutes later, three turn up. They're then 15 minutes late. They're probably late for work. All right, you could say, well, get the earlier bus. Then you're kind of half an hour early for work. I don't know, it's difficult, isn't it? I do understand why people say that we need cars, we need our cars. But I also understand that it's a bit daft. I've looked at, Trish and I, we've looked at the cars almost every time we go out. One person in that car, one person in that car, one in that car, perhaps two in another car. So all these cars, the majority of them only have one person in them. So all that waste of space on the road the petrol and everything taking up the road space it just for one person it i don't know it doesn't make sense does it really i don't like going on buses because i've i'm a bit weird i suppose there's people coughing and spluttering and they're all touching the handrails and i don't want to get coughs and colds and covid and whatever else is going around mother-in-law has said many times she gets on the bus 
It's a nice day, all the windows are closed. And she'll open one for some fresh air and people moan. It's drafty, can't you close the window? It might be drafty, but surely you need to turn the air around, otherwise you've got all the coughs and colds and diseases and lurgies and goodness knows what else is floating around in the air. And of course the handrails. Everyone touches them, right? You touch the handrail, then you rub your face. A lot of people do, don't they? I do. Always touching my face. I don't know why. It's just something that people do. And the germs then on your hand from the handrail, you wipe all over your nose and your mouth. <laughs> Next minute, you've got COVID. I blame the bus. Well, the people on the bus. No, I don't know who I blame. I don't go on buses. I got a bus pass. When I reached whatever age it was, I got a bus pass. And uh, I've never used it. I just don't want to get diseased. Also, I probably shouldn't say this, but some people smell, don't they? They don't wash properly. And there's nothing worse than being on a bus. I mean, I did go on buses in the old days. There's nothing worse than being next to someone that hasn't washed. Anyway, moving on swiftly. Now, when I was um, at school in the late 50s, early 60s, Sometimes I get the bus. It was a mile away. I didn't mind the mile walk. But sometimes in the winter, I didn't want to go on my bike or walk. So I get on the bus. Always on time. I don't ever remember the bus not turning up or being late. Again, because there was hardly any traffic back in 1920. No, it wasn't 1920. I'm not that old. Now, this may be a, a, either an incorrect memory of mine, but I don't remember people coughing and splattering on the bus. Had they done that, I would have got off. I wouldn't have got on in the first place. I think the last time I got a bus must be, actually it's quite some years ago, probably 20 years ago now. I got a bus into town. I was out in, well, it doesn't matter where I was. I got a bus into town and there were people on there coughing and spluttering. Oh, goodness me. And there's someone on their mobile phone shouting and I just, I just didn't do it again. I thought I'm not doing it. I'd rather walk. It was winter time. I would rather walk it. What was it? About four or five miles? That's not too bad. That was 20 years ago. I wouldn't want to walk that distance. Now, what's that? That's a WhatsApp thing. Look, as Trisha put on a, a photo of the tortoise out in the sunshine. She says he's enjoying the sun today. He is. He's out there in the sun on the patio under the roof. I looked early. It was 26. 26 degrees. One day we've got the fire on, next minute it's 26. <laughs> we've opened the doors because it's warmer outside than it is inside. We're trying to keep the tortoise awake for as long as we can. We don't want him hibernating too early. That happened last year. And then come January, he's sticking his head up over the parapet. Is it spring yet? No, it's not. It's midwinter. And of course, that's it. He's up and about, up and at him, <laughs> wanting to eat and wanting to muck around in the garden. And it's icy and horrible out there. So the later he hibernates, obviously, the later he will wake up. It was quite funny the other day. He was uh, in his shed. He's got a whole area to himself, all heated and the rest of it. And there's a hatchway where he can go outside, down a ramp, into the garden. Well, that was closed because it's not a nice time of year. And it was lashing with rain. And he's scratching at this hatch, trying to get out. Trish said, I'm not going to let him out in the rain. You know, it's not nice for him. And I said, see what he does. So she opened the hatch. He went out, plodded across the lawn, looked around and then almost ran back to his little ramp and through the hatch again. He almost ran. It was so funny to watch. But that's what he wanted. That's fair enough. He wanted to go and have a look at the garden and see what was happening. Once he found out it was pouring with rain, he went back and he was quite happy then. I don't use public transport, neither does the tortoise, <laughs> just as well. Actually, he does when we take him to Chichester. No, it's not public transport, he goes in the car. But trains, I don't mind, I quite like trains, actually. I love the railway, I've always liked trains. The Bluebell Railway, uh, what's the other one? Haven Street on the Isle of Wight, steam engines, it's great, I love the railway. But the modern trains, they're really nice, they're quiet and comfortable, but they don't turn up. There's always engineering works or the you know this line's closed or there's something wrong there and the trains are late. That one's cancelled or a certain station is closed. So you've got to, you've got to get off there. The line past that is closed. You've got to get off there, get a bus to another station and then get back on a train. I mean, you can't do all that. You know, people have got appointments. They've got work to do. They've got things to do. You can't go to the station and then 
Oh, hang on, that one's cancelled. Oh, hang on, there's engineering. Oh, nope, they're on strike. It's just no good. You cannot rely on public transport. We take Gary the tortoise to Chichester uh, once or was it once a year, I think, or once every two years to a specialist reptile type vet. Now, the thing is, say we wanted to get public transport. There are two railway stations in Chichester. How about that? So we get the train there. Then we would have to get a bus. Now, the vet is out on a kind of farm. How do you get a bus to this farm place? You can't. There aren't buses that go to the farm where the vet thing is. So what do you do? Well, we can't walk sort of miles and miles with a tortoise in a, in a box. <laughs> so what do you do? Go in your car. Actually, I think there's one railway station in Chichester and two sets of level crossing gates. That's, that's what it is. Here in Worthing, we've got East Worthing, Worthing and West Worthing, three stations in the town, <laughs> which is all very well. That's nice. You haven't got far to walk to the station. The trouble is the trains don't turn up. <laughs> I don't know. I remember my granddad. He worked in, in the city, don't you know? He was something in the city. Well, actually, he wasn't something in the city. I don't know what he was. But he worked in London. And he had his season ticket and his briefcase. Season tickets these days for London and back. They're thousands of pounds, aren't they? One of our sons-in-law had a season ticket to London and back. I don't think he does now, I'm not sure. And I forget what it was, but thousands of pounds, he told me, to buy this season ticket. Struth. In the old days, it was like 17 and 6. <laughs> I remember going to London in the 50s on a train. They were the old, very old trains then. Uh, they were fantastic. You come back, you know, and it's dark in the evening. And you go over, coming out of Victoria Station, you go over the points and the lights would go off in the carriage because as you go, you know, your coach goes over the points and it loses contact with the conductor rail and the lights go out. <laughs> Brilliant. And they were noisy and they'd rock about all over the place. I loved it. They were proper trains, real trains, you know. The trains today, you could hardly hear the, the clackety-clack of the joins in the rail. Well, a lot of the rails are are welded now aren't they sort of one rail just I don't know how, what happens in the heat I suppose they buckle <laughs> no they're pre-stretched aren't they I was talking to a chap some years ago that works on the railway and he said they pre-stretched and then welded and fixed in place so so when they expand I don't know anyway they don't buckle well they do but not as much <laughs> but the old trains were fantastic especially with a steam engine up front you look out of the window you get a bit of grit in your eye from the, the smoke all belching out and the steam everywhere. They used to have places on Lon some London stations, was it Victoria, London Bridge, they'd have a nurse and people that have got grit in their eye, you could go in there and she'd get the grit out for you because it's very difficult to get it out. Never happened to me. But I was always hanging out of the window. It said don't hang out the window, but I did because it was fantastic as you're coming up to a tunnel, just avoid the, the grit from the engine. These days you can't lean out of the you can't open the window, can you? You can't hang out of the window. You see, that's that fun gone. They're taking all the fun away. No conkers at school, no hanging out the train window. <laughs> it's all boring these days. I think the rails are pre-stressed. Or is it pre-stretched? I don't know. Something else to look up. A friend of ours, while we were in the Isle of Wight, uh, she was telling us she had to get a taxi to a local doctor for an appointment because the bus didn't turn up. She didn't know what to do. So she hailed a taxi, as she put it. She, I don't know how far it was. It was only like a couple of miles. She said it was 15 quid. Struth, 15 quid. <laughs> they used to say, and I think people probably still do it, if you don't do a lot of mileage in your car, you're better off not having a car and getting a taxi on the few journeys that you do. Because although they're expensive, if you work out the yearly cost, it's a lot cheaper than running a car. So, I don't know, that's probably a good idea. There again, though, you're relying on someone else. It's so easy, isn't it? Nip out into your car, off you go. Well, I say off you go to wherever. You don't off you go at all, do you? You're stuck in traffic for half an hour. <laughs> What's happening at Shoreham, near Shoreham Airport? Apparently, allegedly, they've run out of money. Everything's come to a halt. There's roadworks and cones all over the place. Oh, diversions and... Goodness knows what. There's this new roundabout they've put in, which I don't think works, or half of it's working. 
the other half isn't or wasn't. I don't know. What, I don't know what's going on. Probably be cheaper to go by plane. Yeah, go to Shoreham Airport. Can you get a plane to London? They've got that London heli. No, that's for helicopters. They've got a London little airport, haven't they? Or perhaps I'm lying. I don't know. I thought they had a little airstrip or something at London. It must be just for helicopters, I think. I think the answer is to do what I do or what I try to do. Don't go anywhere. Just stay at home. <laughs> that suits me. I like that. Now, here's a good example. This morning, I had to go out. We had to go to the local rubbish tip. Now, what do you do if you haven't got a car, you rely on public transport, how can you go on the bus with all your rubbish to the tip? Well, you can't. <laughs> there is a station, there's East Worthing Station, so we could get on the train here at Worthing Central, get off at East Worthing, and then it's only a kind of quarter of a mile walk to the tip. But you can't take all your rubbish on the train or on the bus. You have to have a car. So, I don't know, what are you supposed to do? Number three daughter used to get the bus, sorry, the train to Brighton where she worked. This is years ago. And the trains were so unreliable with the engineering works, blah, blah, blah. She started going by bus. Trouble is the bus took nearly two hours. <laughs> by the time it's been up here, up to that little town there, round the bend there, back down the seafront there, eventually you get to Brighton. Yay! And then it was miles from where she worked, so she had to walk. It just, it's not practical. That's the trouble. Of course, the thing is in Brighton, if you're going to drive there, where do you park? There's nowhere to park. Well, there is something like six quid an hour. I don't know. In London, they had the Boris bikes. You remember the Boris Johnson? They called them Boris bikes, didn't they? I don't know how that worked because I don't go to London, but I think you, you get on one of these bikes. They're all around the place. You can just sort of get on a bike, cycle to wherever. I don't know what they do about people stealing the bikes. Anyway, uh, that was sort of a, a good idea. But what happens if you've got luggage with you? Even if you've got a, a briefcase or a couple of bags of shopping, you can't go on a bicycle, can you? And then what do you do about a helmet? You've got to have your helmet in case you fall off and bash your head on the curb. I think one of the best things that we don't seem to have, I think we have somewhere up north, trams. You know, railway lines in the roads. Some countries do. They have a lot of that in towns, don't they? And I think that's a good idea because you can hop on the tram and you know, hop off, hop on, hop off. The only thing is sometimes, I've watched on YouTube, you see from the driver's cab, they're going along, they've got these bells, ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. -a -ling -a -ling. <laughs> so if there's a car in the way, ding-a-ling-a-ling, -a -ling, and sometimes a car will swerve in front of the tram and get hit. But I think that's quite rare. I think the idea of trams, oh, that's a pretty good idea, isn't it? Especially if you can make a, a circular, sort of all round the town, perhaps going through the centre, I don't know. Of course, we did have that sort of thing, didn't we? We had trams in London and South London, Surrey, and they did away with them all. Like they did the trolley buses, the electric buses. Great, no pollution, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'll tell you what, let's go over to diesel, stink the place out. A few decades later, oh, we don't want diesel, we want electric. Oh, talk about full circle. My mum remembers the trams, uh, the lines on the road. She said that when she was 12, you can work that out, she's 90 now. So how, when was that? I have no idea, I can't do that. When she was 12, her front wheel got stuck in the tram lines and she went over the handlebars and bashed herself up quite badly. I think her front wheel was wrecked as well. So you've got to be careful where you're cycling. But she lived, you know, where did she live? She lived in Sutton. Was it Sutton? I don't know, somewhere up there. So they had trams there and they had trolley buses and it's all gone. It just, it's daft, isn't it? Why it's all gone. Then the other thing they've got, I, we haven't got that here where I am, is park and ride. So you park in a huge car park, then there's loads of little buses that whiz round all over the place, take you into town, drop you off at various places into town and then whenever you're ready, you can hop on one and go back to your the big car park where your car is. That works. We've done that a few times. Where was that? Winchester, was it? Can't remember. But we've done that uh, two or three times, and it does work. You don't have to wait long for a bus to come along. And, of course, you've got people with their shopping and things. The buses are kind of designed for that, so you can take things on board the bus. And that's quite a good idea. But you've still got to use your car to get to the park and ride car park place.
Then we come on to this 15-minute city idea. I'm still not sure what that is. I think the idea is wherever you live in a town or a city, you're no more than 15 minutes away from everything you might want. Doctor, dentist, shops, everything is no more than 15 minutes away. So you're kind of imprisoned. <laughs> I don't know whether you're imprisoned, but you're not allowed out of your 15-minute city. Now, that's all very well. What if Aunt Mabel lives 20 minutes away or your brother Fred he lives half an hour away well, are you not allowed to go and see him I don't understand that I'm not sure what this I must that's something else isn't it I must look that one up especially because this 15 minute city thing is happening we've got the LTNs low traffic neighborhoods where they basically dump huge boxes of earth and concrete at the end of the road so you can't drive in and out well that's a lot of good isn't it you have to drive three miles all the way around the different roads to get to where you were going, which is just down the road. So that's balmy. Then we've got Ulez, <laughs> which I've moaned about before. Luckily, we don't have that here. But according to, who is it, Angela Rayner, we are going to have that in every town and city. So that's wonderful. There again, by the time they have this Ulez stuff here, what is it, ultra low emission zone? Is that right, uh, Ulez? Ultra low emission zone. Well, you can pollute the air as much as you like if you pay £12.50. I think by the time that comes here, if it comes here, I won't be driving anyway. Trish probably will be because she's a lot younger than me. I can't see myself driving for much longer. I hate it. I count the amount of idiots. Very often we don't even get to the end of our road. I'll say to Trish, look, there we are, idiot number one. We go around the corner, idiot number two. And by the time we get back home from where have we been, <laughs> it's been about 30 idiots people pulling out, people wandering across the road on their phones without looking. Cyclists shot across the road the other day in front of me and this morning on the way to the tip, cyclists holding all the traffic up, which is fine, they've got every right to be on the road. Red traffic lights. Okay, what's he do? Straight through the lights, turn right. <laughs> he was going straight on. Turn right to where this pedestrian bit was. Went over that. And then, oh, I don't know, basically through the red light, on the pavement, all over the place. Actually, I don't call them idiots. I call them something else, but I can't say, say that on here. I do, I count them. The amount of people that just step off the curb, cyclists who shoot out in front of you, cars that indicate left and they're turning right or don't indicate at all. You, you haven't got a clue what they're doing. It really is a, a kind of minefield out there. I will be glad. I used to enjoy driving. You know, back in the good old days in my in my youth, I used to love driving. But now it's just, it's a nightmare. Whenever Trish says, oh, we just popped a sound, so, oh no, do we have to? Well, yeah, we do really, oh, okay, all right, let's get it over with. Nightmare. I've got a fake email here <laughs> to read from Natalie. Hello, Natalie. Probably from the UK, because that's where her email address is. I've no idea. Anyway, fake email. Naturally, you don't exist. You're not real. Acorns, she says. Acorns. I mentioned that, didn't I? Was it last Wednesday? My sister-in-law gave me a bag of acorns for the squirrels, and I put them out there. And the squirrel, he picked one up with his mouth, looked at me, spat the thing out, and then walked off, ran off. So I thought, well, that's a waste of time all these acorns that I've got, and they, the squirrels don't want them. Anyway, Natalie says that she had to almost wean her squirrels onto acorns. She'd been feeding them the monkey nuts, you know, the peanuts, for so long, she reckons that they didn't know what acorns were. Now, that's the thought. Round here, we don't have any oak trees, and the squirrels are fairly young. They're baby squirrels that we've got. They may never have seen an acorn, an oak tree. So... They now, anyway, the long and short of it is, or the tall and the wide or whatever it is, they are now eating the acorns out of one of the squirrel feeding boxes. So that's good. Yeah, thanks for that, Natalie. That's exactly what I found. I know you don't exist, but thank you for your email. <laughs> Happy days. Actually, that's back to front, Natalie. You don't wean them onto acorns. You wean them off the peanuts, don't you? Onto the I don't know. Anyway... There's someone on eBay. Well, there's several people on eBay. I had a look. They're selling acorns. Eight pounds something plus postage. And I said to my sister-in-law, 
about that. She said, I'm going to start selling acorns on eBay. Because <laughs> where they go for a walk, there's a lot of, near their house, a lot of oak trees. And she said, uh, I'm going to collect them all up and sell bagfuls of acorns on eBay. That's a bit odd, isn't it? Someone's going out to the woods or wherever they go, collect acorns, take photographs of them and sell. I suppose it's all right. People perhaps in a city or in a town or, or like where we are with no oak trees around locally. I suppose that's a good thing. I don't know. Just going back to driving for a minute, there's a piece of pavement. There's a road junction, right? It's on the way to my mum's and Trisha's mum's, so we often do that route. There's a, You're going along, we drive on the left here, as you know, in Britain. You're going along and there's a junction to the left. Now, what they have done, I have no idea why, probably because they're insane. What they have done, whoever they are, they've brought the pavement out about six feet, is it? Something like that, five, six feet. They brought the pavement out up to the junction. Then the other side of the junction, it sticks out again and goes back in. Now, that's all very well. If you're coming along that road, you don't know the road. Maybe it's bad weather, it's night time. People have been hitting, driving straight into that bit of sticky out pavement and smashing their front wheels up and their suspension and the tracking and all that. And what they've done now, they, whoever they are, idiots, these idiots behind desks, what they've done now, they've stuck a bollard there, a cone, right, with an arrow sort of pointing to the right. So you have to drive around, don't hit the pavement. That was my route to school back in the 50s, the 60s, early 60s it was. That was my route to school. That junction has been there for 300 years. Never any problem, no trouble at all, until they stick the path out. Why do they do that? What is the idea? They've done it in a load of places around our town. You're going on the seafront road. Suddenly, the pavement kind of swerves out into the road and you've got to swerve round it. And it's because there's a junction. Some people have said, oh, it's so the cars can come out of the junction a little bit and see what the traffic's doing, make sure nothing is coming before they pull out. Who is it that has these weird ideas? Someone sitting behind a desk saying, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll, uh, I'll stick the pavement out. That should wreck a few people's cars. I mean, they're just, aren't they? I mean, who agrees? Are they idiots or what? What do you think? Raise rants at protonmail.com. Total idiots. It's like, was it Barbara Castle back in the old days? Minister of Transport. Couldn't drive. How can you be the Minister of Transport when you can't even drive? You don't drive on the roads. Oh, goodness me. Stone the crows. The trouble is, whenever I say anything to anyone that's, well, let's say considerably younger than me, I get the same answer. Oh, well, in your day, there was no traffic. Oh, well, back then you didn't have any cars. You had horse and carts. We did have traffic, admittedly not as much. There were cars parked along the roads, admittedly not as many. And some junctions that you're coming out of were a little bit difficult to see. Make sure nothing's coming before you pull out. But it all worked. It would work these days, I think, if people, I don't know, if people didn't draw white lines all over the road. Have you seen that? We've got white lines everywhere. I don't know what half of them mean. You know, I've been driving for 150 years without white lines. Suddenly there's white lines cropping up everywhere. Crosshatch things and curves and arrows and do this, don't do There was something in the news a few years back about road signs. Now, when I was at school, there were a few road signs. You come up to a junction and there'd be a, perhaps a bollard in the middle and it would say, keep left. Well, that was a bit odd because you knew you were driving on the left anyway. Perhaps it was for people that were visiting from other countries. Well, of course it wasn't. Then you'd have a little road sign, junction ahead, or a school sign. It was like a, a torch. Do you remember that? Like a, a sort of ice cream cone, which I think was a, a flaming torch. Anyway, a school sign. These days, you've got so many signs. This is what they were saying on the news a few years back. It's confusing people. There are so many sites, you're looking at that, what's that, that's 30 miles out, no right turn, don't park here, don't do this, do that, go there, don't go there. Lines all over the road. You're so busy doing all that, you've gone into the back of the car in front of you. <laughs> well, no, it's not quite that bad. Well, it is, actually, it is. There are so many road signs all over the place. It is confusing. I would hate to be a bus driver 
these days, well, any days, a bus driver. They've got to be a certain type of person, haven't they, to be a bus driver, to put up with that traffic, the delays, the abuse they get, apparently, these days is awful. People shouting and swearing at them, roadworks, temporary traffic lights. Honestly, they, well, I wouldn't do it. There's a roundabout near us. What they've had to do is they've put give-way lines. As you come up to the roundabout, there's give-way lines, you know, the two rows of dotted lines. People know to give way, or don't they? It's give way. You come up to a roundabout. It doesn't matter whether you drive on the left or the right, whichever country you're in, you either give way to the traffic coming from the right or coming from the left. You don't need lines across the road and notices to say you've got to give way to the traffic. I mean, whose idea was that? And we've got pictures of bicycles. They've drawn with the white lines. The white line men, they've gone round and drawn pictures of bicycles on the road on this roundabout, not far from the junction where the pavement all sticks out. I think they've just let loose some people. Oh, we're bored. What should we do? Oh, let's go and draw some pictures on the road. I'll tell you what, you get on with that. I'll bring the pavement out here so cars can smash into it. It really is awful. It's It needs someone in charge with a bit of sense. Anyway, enough about that. Public transport. Ah, my, I can't say that, can I? Stone the crows, that'll do. Email here from Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Kevin says, Ray, you're such a wonderful person. No, he doesn't. He doesn't say that at all. He says, life must have been so much easier back in the early days when you were a boy. Yep, when I was a boy. Without computers, phones and goodness knows what. He says he's just been hacked on Facebook. You didn't have all that back then. No, we didn't. We didn't, Kevin. We didn't have all that back. And yes, I am wonderful. Daughter number three has just had her Facebook account of thing uh, hacked. She can't get into that. Apparently Facebook are trying to sort it out. Well, they have been for days or weeks. One of Trisha's friends, her Facebook thing's been hacked. What people don't seem to use is this two-factor authentication. I know it can be a pain. You want to go into something, then you've got to start mucking around with this authentication thing. But it is... Although that's a pain for about 30 seconds, it saves days or weeks of mucking about if you've been hacked. But you're right, Kevin, we didn't have all that. We didn't have all the TV problems. We didn't even have video recorders because he's mentioned that DVDs, video recorders, all that stuff in his email. No, we didn't have any of that to worry about. He turned the telly on and originally there was one channel. Then we had two, then we had three channels and that was it for years. Oh, then Channel 4 came along, didn't it? So we had four channels to choose from. Now there are hundreds. They're all rubbish. But yes, that's right, Kevin. It was a lot easier. Life was, in many ways, more relaxing. Yeah, people worked hard. Of course they did. A lot of people's jobs were physical. And it it was hard work. A lot of people grew their own food in the garden or they had allotments. A lot of people didn't have a great deal of money. And they had to perhaps work shifts, do two jobs even, work in the evenings at a a part-time job to get money. But it was so much simpler in many other ways. What do they say these days? On so many levels. Do you hate that? Who hates that? On so many levels. All these new things that have come around, I don't know. We We did have sayings back then, did we? In the 60s, it was fab and it was either square or something or you dig, man. I didn't bother with all that. Although I was a hippie in the 60s, I didn't go around saying dig and man and make love, not war, and peace, man, and all that stuff. (laughs) Also, we didn't have daytime TV, which uh, we had the radio, or the wireless, as they called it back then. People would wake up in the morning, they're going to have breakfast, they put the wireless on. Now, there weren't all the stations that we have now, hundreds of stations to choose from especially on the internet, tens of thousands all around the world. Basically, there was the BBC Home Service, the third programme, which was classical music, and the light programme, which was light music. Not light waves, as people used to call it, the light waves. (laughs) So we had three radio stations. Oh, and Radio Luxembourg at night. It was simple. You know, mum would be in the kitchen doing breakfast. Oh, sorry, or dad mustn't be sexist. Someone, a human adult would be in the kitchen doing breakfast and they'd have the radio on the light program bit of music a little bit of chat a bit of news these days people wake up 
They haven't even got out of bed and they're watching telly in bed in the morning. <laughs> they do, they watch telly in bed. I'm not going to comment on that. And there's a telly in the lounge, a telly in the dining room. There's tellies everywhere. And people just watch te all these weird daytime programmes. I don't think it's a good thing. I, I really don't think it's a good thing. Moving on, I'm getting closer to chatting to my sister-in-law about nursing. You know, I've been threatening that for the last six months or so. She's agreed to have a chat, but when? She's always busy. She's always out somewhere and doing stuff. I've got to sit her down and have a chat with her, which will be interesting. Because I was in hospital in, 19, oh, here we go, 1960, was it four? I don't know, I went to work in 65. Anyway, it was so different. I know I've told you about this before, the Hattie Jakes type matrons and stuff, but the whole system was different. There wasn't this university thing. Student nurses were actually on the wards. They started at 18. And I remember this because I, I was in there for a few weeks. Student nurses started at 18, straight onto the ward. You know, they knew nothing. <laughs> and they were learning. And what a great place to learn. I think it's like any... Well, I won't say nursing is a trade. It's not a tradesman thing. But say a car mechanic or a carpenter, stuff like that, trades type things, you're better off going straight into a, a mechanical type workshop where they're repairing cars. So, you know, you look under the bonnet and you have someone there, right, this is this, this is that. I think that's far better than sitting in a university classroom with some bloke at the front, some lecturer saying, right, this is the car engine, you've got four pistons or 12 pistons in the case of that uh, Ford, American Ford truck I saw the other day. Did I tell you about that? I said to the chap, well, I forget where it was now. Oh, I was at the tip. I said, what engine have you got in that truck? He said, uh, V12, five litre. Oh, wow. <laughs> Should have heard the, uh, the exhaust pipe on it as he drove off. They're throbbing. Fantastic. But you know what I mean? You don't want to sit in a classroom with some bloke drawing on a blackboard. You want to see under the bonnet or the hood, if you're in America, you want to see under the hood, see what's going on. You know, that's the radiator, that's the water pump, that's the alternator. I don't know. I, I, there's a lot of talk, isn't there, about this university stuff. But I will get my sister-in-law on uh, on record, on, 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 I was going to say, on tape. Tape recorder? People don't have tape recorders anymore. Yeah, on my little audio recording thing. I was just chatting to mother-in-law downstairs and I said that I was talking about buses and I said, why don't you come up and have a chat on the microphone? Oh, I'm not doing that. Not talking on the microphone. Why don't people want to talk? Isn't that strange? Because she's rabbiting away telling me about how the bus drivers call the people when they get to the stops at nine o'clock in the morning, the twirlies. Now, what that is, you've got a free bus pass, the older people, and you can't use it till nine o'clock in the morning. And sometimes they're a bit, a little bit early at the bus stop. So they say, oh, Am I too early? Get it? Too early? So the drivers call them twirlies. <laughs> but I said to her, come on the microphone. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. Never mind. No, it was 1966 when I started work. I was, what, 14? No, 15. Was I 15? Straight into the workshop, Monday morning, 8.30, straight into the radio and TV workshop. And the boss said, right, you, you go along with Jeff there on his bench. Great. Took the back off a of telly. Working with Jeff, he's telling me all the bits and pieces and what we're doing. And I learned that way. And of course, also, I think what, what was good for me is at that age, 15, I'm also learning about life. You know, I've been to school. That's boring. I'm in the workshop with older lads and they're talking about their girlfriends and pubs and nightclubs. And I thought, this is good. This I like this. This suits me down to the ground. And it wasn't long. It was only about, I think, the end of the week, that Friday, the first Friday. Right, we'll pick you up. What's your address? We'll pick you up eight o'clock. Oh, where are we going? Well, we're going down the club. This nightclub, I'm 15. I mean, you're meant to be 18 before you can have a drink because I only had orange juice, obviously. <laughs> and I didn't smoke. Oh, good grief. No, seriously, it was great. It was learning about life. So I have been to university, haven't I? The University of Life. Brilliant. I did go to technical college, what was it, a five-year course, day release and one evening, was it one evening? Yes, one evening a week, one day and one evening. So that was okay. Talking about nurses, I'm not going to mention the hospital. 
it wasn't the one near me, it was a little bit further away. But the where my sister-in-law was in this hospital, she stayed there in the nurse's kind of block. And I used to go there, a lot older than her, you know, so it's not when she was there. I used to go there to the nurses' parties that they used to have. They weren't allowed to have parties. And they weren't allowed to have boys, lads, men or whatever in their rooms. But we didn't worry about that. I had some great times over at this hospital with the student nurses because I was interested in medical stuff. You know, I would ask them questions. You know, I'd sit there for the whole evening having a glass of orange juice and asking them about medical things. <laughs> if you believe that, you believe the emails I get. No, the emails are, are uh, they're not fake. They're not fake. Talking of fake emails, here's one from Nigel. Hello, Nigel. Now, this isn't, it's not fake. He says, did you ever have an air rifle? Yes, I did back in those days. How old was I? I wasn't out to work, so I must have been younger than 15, probably 13, 14. I don't know where I got it from, but it was a really nice rifle. A friend of mine had an air pistol, which that was okay, but it wasn't too accurate and not very powerful. But I did have an air rifle and I used to use it in the garden, you know, shoot tin cans and things like that. That was quite good. Another friend of mine had one. This is an amazing air rifle. It was a really powerful thing. It would make a hole through a piece of metal, you know, not obviously steel plate, but, you know, the little pellet would go through a, a decent piece of metal. And uh, I was quite envious of that. They were pretty dangerous. I mean, you imagine, you know, accidentally shooting someone in the eye. Well, I'd probably go through to their brain. Oh, no, don't talk about that. So they were pretty dangerous. But I do remember when I used to play over the woods, kids would take air rifles over to the woods. So I remember that, Nigel. I don't know what they did. I think I did see one kid actually shooting a, a blackbird, which wasn't very nice. He injured it and it couldn't flew. I won't go into that. It's horrible. But yeah, I mean, he obviously walked along the street with this air rifle. <laughs> People didn't seem to mind. I didn't take mine to the woods. I never took it out of the garden. And I was always careful. You know, being one of four kids, I don't want to go and shoot one of, the, one of my siblings. <laughs> but they were great fun. I don't think, you know, kids should be allowed to walk around with air rifles these days. But that was, again, part of the fun that's obviously been banned now. Well, I presume... Uh, you can't walk around the streets you know, carrying an air rifle. <laughs> I think uh, you'd probably get nicked for that. But so many things that we did as kids that were fun, 40 miles an hour downhill on your bicycle, you know, main road at the bottom, just hope your brakes worked, all sorts of stuff like that, climbing trees. It's all gone, isn't it? It's all gone. Kids have fun these days, but in a different way, and I don't know that it's always what should I say, a healthy way or whatever, I don't know. It's not the fun we used to have. I know youngsters, they don't want to hear old boys like me, oh, when you were a boy, I've said this before, haven't I? Yeah, when you were a boy, you did this, you did that. Yeah, I know, you went to the woods, blah, blah, blah. They don't want to know about that, which is fair enough, I suppose, when I was young. I remember adults saying, oh, oh when I was a boy, we did this, and we, we didn't do what you do didn't waste our time doing this or that. So it's, it goes on, doesn't it? Each generation is a, a different thing, I suppose. I was talking to my granddaughter the other day and she mentioned working because she's almost finished education. And she said, I don't want to go to university. She said, why do I want to go there? Get myself thousands of pounds in debt. And she said, did you go to uni? I said, no, you're joking. I didn't go to university. I didn't get to grammar school, let alone university. I wasn't good enough for any of that nonsense. I was an apprentice. And that's what she wants to do. And I think that should be encouraged rather than, as she says, go there, uni for what, a few years, end up tens of thousands of pounds in debt and then find that the career you've chosen isn't what you want to do after all. So that was all wasted and you still owe the money. She wants to do... Not so, well, yes, is it an apprenticeship? They do those these days, don't they? And I said to her, well, go for it. Finish your full-time education. No, not, what is she, full-time? I don't know what she does. And then basically do what you want. Life will sort itself out, no doubt. I know people that were at university when I was younger, uh, well, a little bit older than younger. They went to university and they couldn't get jobs. 
I remember a chap, he was a, a porter on a Worthing Central Railway Station. I knew him because I said, I thought you went to uni. I saw him there one day. He said, I did. I can't get a job in whatever field it was he'd studied. So he, en he ended up as a porter on the platform at the railway station. And he loved it. He said, I'm going to stay with the railway. He loved it. Why not? Only 10 minutes to go and the hour is up. Have you got the MP3 recordings? We haven't had any for a while. Anyone want to send in some audio clips? Now, here's the thing. Son in North Carolina had no audio recordings from him about an Englishman living in the United States. That would be good. Sister-in-law, well, I'm sorting that out. Mother-in-law won't do it. Trish won't do it. <laughs> I'm going to have to hide my recorder. My mother won't do it. I spoke to her this morning. Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not going on, on tape. On tape, honestly, listen to them. I'll have to hide the recorder in my pocket, I think. Wear one of those little lapel microphones, you know. I have to get a poppy or a flower or something, hide the mic in there and have a good old chat about the old days to my mum and then, put, <laughs> and then put it on the podcast. Well, why not? If they don't agree to chatting, then I, I shall do a clandestine recording. That would be good. So raise rants at protonmail.com. Did you go to uni? What was it like in the old days at your school? 50s, 40s, 30s? Anyone around in the 30s? Hang on, how old would you be now? No, probably, I don't know, you might be. Yeah, my mum, when was she born? 30-something? I can't remember. I wasn't there. <laughs> yes, yeah, so raise rants at protonmail.com. Send me some MP3 or whatever format recordings. I'll sort them out. Videos or whatever. I can just get the audio from them and stick them on one of the podcast episodes for people to hear all around the world. That's exciting, isn't it? We're going to our club tonight. I know it's not Friday, it's Saturday, but we're going to the club. I've got to hear some dreadful noise. I mean, a live band. So there's uh, Trisha, myself, sister-in-law, her husband, and a friend of ours, Davo. Hello, Davo, if you're listening. So hope you've enjoyed the episode. Think of me tonight, having to endure that noise. And I shall see you all on Wednesday. Well, chat to you all on Wednesday, at least. Have a good week. We've still got, where are we? Sunshine, it's now ten past three, Saturday afternoon. Still black over the downs. We've had some rain. The sun's out, really nice. Might see a rainbow. And the old flag is, I don't know, swirling around with the, the eddy currents. Look after yourselves. Do exactly what I would do. And I shall see you on Wednesday. Take care. Bye-bye for now.